That Carillon was put in the tower in 1929 when it was a girls' school, Ward Belmont. And by the time that school closed in 51, I guess it was, uh, those bells had gotten into kind of bad shape but still mm-hmm. were playable. And then they were taken out. For several years, the university tried to get those very same bells back. We tried to buy them uh, back from the company that had taken them out. And uh, we either didn't have the money to do it or mm-hmm. enough money. Uh, but then in 1986, uh, there was a real move toward getting at least some collection of bells back. And that's where you came involved. Could you tell us about how the bells <clears throat> came, not those same bells, but we bought new ones? And that, at that time, like I said, the bells were not on the priority list at all. There were so many other needs. Everything needed a new roof, and <laughs> there were so many needs. But anyway, I, I really missed those bells, and I got thinking about it. So I, I just took it all myself, and I investigated, and I found the old bells at the Schumacher Company, I believe, in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So I, I got a price from them, a quote on what they would charge to reinstall a workable set of the same bells, and they gave me a, a, a proposal on it. Well, it was, uh, I thought, a little high. It uh, was. Yeah. <laughs> I think, of course, Richard was a consultant on uh on, on everything, on because he was the expert, and uh, I, I just like to hear bells play. I didn't know too much <laughs> about it at the time, actually, but they asked me to but, uh, find out some things. At that time, uh, there were only two Carillon companies in America, and the other was the Verdon Company in Cincinnati, an old German company. The factory sets on the banks of the Ohio River. And uh, so I contacted them, and uh, they came and uh, looked at it and made a proposal. And their proposal was quite a bit lower. This was for brand-new bells. So I thought, you know, I think the other company thinks they I want, we want the old bells back for historical value. But, you know, uh, I don't know if we can get brand-new bells a lot cheaper. Uh, maybe that would be the best thing to do. So we we looked at that, and I noticed it's December the 20th, 1985. I got a friend's airplane, uh, a little two-engine airplane, with seated six or eight people, and Bill Trout and I flew to Cincinnati. And when we landed at the downtown airport, it was a blinding snowstorm. I mean, you look out the windows, it was solid white. And as it was landing, I look across the aisle, and Bill Trout was whiter than the snow. <laughs> but we landed safely, and a, a representative from the Verdon Company picked us up, took us out to a city park. There was a tall Carillon Tower with an elevator in it. So the Carillon Air goes up in the elevator. Bill Trout and I are standing on this big maple tree. Snow's about eight inches deep. There are big flakes falling straight down, and it is total silence. There's no one in that park. And those bells started playing. Of course, it was Christmas time. They played the Christmas uh, carols, and it was so beautiful, and the snow falling down. And I said, Bill, we've got to do this. He says, we don't have the money. I said, I know we don't have the money, but we we got to do it. We'll get the money. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so anyway, then we go down to the Verdon factory and meet uh, Mr. Verdon. He was about a fourth-generation German running the company. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a contract there for us to sign. Being in real estate business, I always uh, thought I ought to negotiate a little bit, maybe, and see if we could get a little better price. So we, I did that day. I said, if we would, uh, would you take a certain amount of money if we would sign this today? Well, he says, well, I don't know. So he leaves his office, comes back in a few minutes. He said, we will do that. I said, Bill, sign the contract. 
He says, we don't have the money. I said, Bill, sign the contract. We'll get the money. Don't worry about it. So, so we did. And anyway, the bells were cast in Holland. Uh, they had to beef up the superstructure and the tower a little bit, put up a crane. And it took about a year. It was later, 1986, mm-hmm. before they were put in. But they were cast in Holland, had to be shipped to this country, brought into here, and installed. And, uh, of course, it's been added on to greatly later, right. which uh, I did not have a part in, but uh, several other people did. Mm-hmm. We did take part in the renovation of the tower mm-hmm. because uh, I think that's important to landmark historically yeah. and particularly for the university. Yeah, it's the symbol it, of the it, university. Well, it's the one of a kind. And... Uh, a lot of history behind it. There's an interesting thing about the tower uh, in connection to the Carillon. It is the oldest tower in the United States with a Carillon in it. Mm-hmm. It was built in 1853 as a water tower for the Belmont Estate. Right. So it has a lot of history. And also, and I, I'd like to get this on the record, uh, during the Battle of Nashville in 1864, which was fought all around here. I mean, you can see evidences of the uh, Battle of Nashville around this estate and the university. Uh, it was a watchtower for the Union Army. They took over the estate and used that tower as a watchtower while the troops were moving up and down Granny White Pike and Hillsborough Pike and so forth. Uh, so it has that history, but then to have uh, be the oldest tower with a carillon, and also it's the only tower that I've been able to find in the country that's had two different carillons in it at different times, one removed and then a new one put in. So uh, I think the tower is, is a really important part of the story. Thank you.